0: It's the Adam Ritz Show A social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz.
1: I'm Adam Ritz, and today we're on the campus of Twin Lakes, and we are broadcasting in front of a live studio audience that's it very good very good thank you for having me Twin Lakes and we are here to award the caught in the act award now the coaches and uh, your athletic director Ken Adams have uh, pulled together their resources and they voted they had nominees over the past couple of weeks and we have a winner who was caught in the act Now, normally caught in the act could be a bad thing. You're caught caught with a hand in the cookie jar. You're caught in the act doing something bad. This is a good thing. You were caught in the act doing uh, maybe a service project, community service, having a high character, helping a fellow uh, classmate or a fellow citizen. And the name that wins this award, the first ever, the first annual Twin Lakes Caught in the Act Award is Matt Bonnell. Down, Matt. That's it. Keep it going for Matt. Nice job. Going? All right. I don't feel small very often, Matt. That's uh, what are you pushing there? Six, six five? Yeah. yeah, about six five. Two eighty. Two eighty. So wide receiver, defensive back. Uh linebacker. Linebacker, okay. Well, let's learn about you. Are you a senior? No, I'm a junior. Junior? All right. Usually caught in the act award, you know, high character awards are won by the leader, like the seniors. So you're a leader at a young age. Yeah. (laughs) Now, what does it mean to you to be uh, awarded for not push-ups or anything athletic or playing football? You're being awarded for your character. Oh, I just go out and it's just second nature pretty much to me. (laughs) Well, it's good to know that people are noticing, and I know you—you you, know—we don't act in the right way to get awards or to get accolades, but it's just—it's nice to know. Uh, for the rest of us, like me, that did not win this award tonight, it's nice to know that people are watching. So, Matt, we want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for for having high character and doing a great job being six foot five. All right, thank you. All right, let's have a round of applause for Matt Vonnell.
0: Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show.
1: Adam Ritz in Orlando, Florida with WWE Hall of Famer, Jim Ross. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing, Adam? I'm telling you, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, your consultancy work with the WWE, you work with new talent, you're looking for the next big stars That's with right. world wrestling. What are you looking for besides the big guy, the muscles, uh, the personality? What else goes into it from your point of view?
2: I, I'm a big uh, guy on character, Uh I think that uh, character is so important. Yes, we want guys that have outgoing personalities that are athletic, but uh, they, they, uh, they, they, have, they have to have character. They have to know that their decisions that they make are, some of them are, are for a lifetime. And uh, being knuckleheads uh, is not a good thing. If you want to make big money, you don't want to be on the babysitter's list. You don't want to be a uh, high maintenance, be a man, be a player step forward and take responsibility for your actions. And it's totally different
1: now with social media, Twitter, Facebook. I mean growing up I'm sure when you were a young man you might have made a few decisions that nobody knew about. Now everything these guys do is traced
2: and trackable online. Well you know uh, the people that grew up in my generation had an advantage because we were off the radar and yes I did plenty of things that uh, I'm not too happy about that I'm not gonna run tell my grandchildren <laughs> that what grandpa did back in the day but we're not back in the day anymore we're in this day and in this day uh, you're tracked your DNA is viral in a heartbeat so if you're stupid and you, you tweet when you're angry or you're, you're emotional or you're impaired for whatever reason uh, be ready to pay the consequences and make good decisions in a day in a day out basis it's simply a fact that just do right Use your brain and do right and don't be the knucklehead that somebody's got to be. That You're the high-maintenance baby because no one is so good that, that uh, management will put up with them forever, uh, making sure that they keep them out of trouble. Somewhere along the way, you cease being good enough. Yeah. And it's best to cut ties and say adios. Yeah, talent
1: level will get you so far. will get you so many chances. But if you use up your chan- your chances could outweigh your talent level for sure. Jim Ross is our guest. He is a world wrestling uh, and entertainment uh, legend, Hall of Famer. Do you have a Hall of Fame ring, you said? Yet? Yeah, oh, my gosh. You're, you're just a legend here with WWE. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're talking social media, Twitter. You have an amazing Twitter uh, following, almost a half a
2: million people. What is that uh, Twitter handle? Uh, at J-R-S-B-B-Q. And let me tell you, I'm 60 years old, and I sent out tweets that were ill-thought-out and in hindsight or were hurtful to people, uh, that but I didn't intend for it to be. They weren't profane, but they were insensitive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, and I was guilty of responding to someone that made me angry. And I, I tweeted in anger, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I made a mistake. So you, you you have to and once it's out there, it's out there, then it goes it goes everywhere. And uh, so I am still very careful on on how I tweet and how I handle people. And it's real simple. If someone PO's you and you're angry, there's a little button there called block. Yeah. Don't deal with them. Yeah. Don't deal with them. That's, that's a good decision. <laughs> the bad decision is to respond to them and and to and to validate their their ignorance with your ignorance. Just don't do it. Jim Ross is also an advocate uh, for um,
1: the awareness level of uh, Bell's palsy. Uh, as a, um, I guess, a sufferer,
2: how would you describe a so, uh, with the affliction? How do yeah. you describe this thing? Well, they say you're a victim. I guess I've had it three times, which is uh, unheard of. And uh, the last one kind of got me off the air on TV on a regular basis. I saw the remnants of it around my, underneath my uh, newly grown uh, beard here. I uh, can't smile, can't show my teeth. Uh, I think people think that I'm always uh, PO'd and angry. I'm not. I'm, I'm very happy, uh, but I'm trying to keep a, create some awareness for Bell's Palsy. A lot of people are, are getting it. They tweet me. I give them encouragement and, and some things to watch for. And, but you know, when you first get it, you think, man, I'm having a stroke. Your face sags. You're paralyzed on one side of your face. Uh, I had to t- tape my eyes shut to sleep. You're hearing sensitive, your tongue goes numb, your speech is slurred. Uh, and for someone that is on the air, and I never was exactly the matinee idol to start with, and then you get a couple of three bouts of Bell's palsy, it doesn't do you any favors. But I've always looked at it as, uh, it was part of my journey. That was part, that's one of the cards that was dealt to me in this hand of life, so to speak. And as you and I were talking, I'm a big Oklahoma football fan, and I, on the sideline for all their games, And when I walk by the handicap section and I see people, young and old, sitting in a wheelchair in the handicap section, I know that more than likely, unfortunately, they're never going to get out of those chairs. And I'm walking by. And so me and my boo-boo face, uh, Bell's palsy, is a small uh, issue in the big picture. So that's how I, I, I approach it. Did it adversely affect my career? Yes, but did it, does it define me? Heck no, it doesn't define me, nor will it ever. It's an
1: inspiration, uh, Jim Ross, uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, follow him on Twitter at JRSBBQ. And uh, you still work with the WWE as a consultant with talent development. We wish you the best of luck. Thank and I got to tell you, I'm honored to have you on the show. Oh, thank
2: you, sir. You're, thank you very much. And again, you know, if you want to be a great athlete, you want to be successful in whatever you're going to do. Don't be the knucklehead that the management's got to set from day in and day out. You're not that good.
3: Hi, I'm Les Miles. I'm the head coach at LSU. Uh, you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show.
1: The show continues on. Uh, on the telephone from Connecticut, we welcome back to the show Duncan Fletcher. Hi, Duncan. How are you? Doing real well, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great and it's always a pleasure to talk to you about player development and athlete development. You are uh, the director of operations for PADS, which is an acronym for the Professional Association of Athlete Development Specialists. And we bring you on the show this week to uh, debunk, I guess, a myth about professional athletes. What do you got for us?
4: Absolutely. I think one of the common misperceptions about athletes, and it's been perpetuated now for a while, there was a story that came out, I believe, in Sports Illustrated a few years back. And it went on and on about how 78% of uh, NFL and NBA players are are bankrupt, divorced, and unemployed after leaving their the respective sports. Reality is that that just isn't the case. It's just it's not a fact. And, and what's uh, kind of Drove me nuts as a, you know the person in the industry. I've been doing this now for you know, over ten years, and there's never been any documentation of that fact anywhere. And as far as we know, as far as we can tell, it's only come from that one article. But there's no study that's back that up in any way, shape, or form.
1: I gotta admit, that's uh, I'm surprised. I mean, I have uh, followed this from the outside as a fan of the uh, NFL and professional sports and the NBA, and I remember that Sports Illustrated article. Uh, it was a cover article that said, I, feel, I, I think the number was 80% are bankrupt or broke. And uh, the same with the NFL. You're saying uh, there was that, um, what was it, ESPN 30 for 30, they did an actual uh, little mini uh, movie called Broke. Um, so perception is reality. And as far as public perception goes with a professional athlete, I, I guess I, I would just assume from those stories anyway that, uh, that it's true, and uh, I'm surprised to find out that that's, uh, in fact, a myth. Now, what, uh, I guess, studies have gone into proving that myth uh, exists or that those facts are, are, are false?
4: Well, I mean, there's the one uh, major study that was, I believe, uh, undertaken by the NFL uh, and the NFL player engagement department, and, you know, they're obviously... To get the word out there, that, that's not the case, and you can actually go and check out the report that was done by the University of Michigan. And that kind of debunks a lot of that. That really, you know, the reality is for retired NFL athletes, in the vast majority of cases, they are actually doing better than the average pair uh, when compared to the population that that they're within. And then I can speak as well from you know my work uh, with the National Hockey League Alumni Association and what we found and, and uh, the, the work that we did are all of our research is unpublished. Is in fact the vast majority of guys when they come out of the game are really happy uh, and that there's uh, you know most of the guys uh, are you know I think it was. Tick- Seven percent of guys are are very happy with their lives post-retirement. Now that being said, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a percentage of population that really struggles with the transition away from the game. There are guys that have trouble with uh, with money and a variety of different issues once they leave professional athletics. But I I think the message is is that the vast majority of athletes, you know, they come out of their sport and they're they're in great shape. Uh, and and, and they, they want to make a contribution to society like everybody else. What we found is that the vast majority of guys leave professional uh, hockey anyway. Like I said, I work I at with the NHL Alumni Association, but so the vast majority of guys leave pretty happy. Like I said, I think the number that we had, this is an example of, of where guys are at in their headspace, is that when they leave the game, I think it's over 70% of guys are, are really interested and really want to make a significant contribution to communities that they that they live in and they came from. But I think, you know, I think the vast majority of guys, when they come out of pro sports, are really trying to figure out a way to make a positive impact in the community. And they're not necessarily dealing with, you know, a lot of the stuff that gets hyped up on ESPN and other sports media.
1: Well, the media is to blame for for certain because a lot of times the negative stories, uh, at least – they sell more advertising. You, you get a lot more bang for your buck as a media organization when you report the negative story rather than the positive story. I mean, let's face it, are, are they going to do um, an ESPN 30 for 30 about all the professional athletes that are not broke? <laughs> Exactly, I mean, there's exactly. a whole lot of them out there that are doing just fine. And uh, for every 100 athletes that have retired and they've gone on and they live in a four-bedroom house with a happy family and a, and a happy spouse, I mean, that that's not a very exciting story to tell uh, during prime time on a cable network. So, you yeah, know, the yeah, you can tell that, absolutely. So the media is to blame, and you know what? It's, uh, the audience is to blame as well because we we eat that stuff up. We, you know, sometimes you sometimes uh, the normal. Citizen or American, uh, you know. Sure, they they love to cheer on their favorite professional athlete, but you know, at the end of their day, when they're having a bad day and maybe lose their job, maybe it makes them feel better to think that their favorite millionaire is now broken, and busted, and divorced and decrepit. So, you know, public perception—it's a myth. I'm surprised to find that. I'm actually happy to find that out, and I'm glad you came on the show to tell us this because you know, there's a inspiring story behind this. Um, it's all about positivity. Sports can be a great thing from age 10 to age 100, uh, it, can, it can help you out financially, it can, you can make a living doing it, you can have a happy life doing it. And you know those few stories that are about people being irresponsible with their money or going broke, you know we need to learn from those examples as well and, uh, and apply it to our own lives and, and make sure that we're uh, uh, being fiscally responsible to take care of ourselves and our families as we travel through this life.
4: Absolutely, and I, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, one of the things that you know Pads is trying to get out there is that uh, is that athletes really do make a, a significant and massive positive contribution to their communities. And I think you know we can get through a lot of the uh, the mythology around what these guys are doing in their personal lives, and the, you know they're bankrupt, they're divorced. I think in a lot of cases that's not the case. But I think what we find is that guys are really sincere about wanting to make a positive contribution. Uh, not only in their community, but they want to have an impact with new sports. And I think uh, you know, that's one of the things that we're trying to do with but is, is put athletes in a better position to, to get to that point far faster where they can make great decisions that allow them to have a positive impact not only in their own lives, but obviously in the lives of all those others around them that look up to them.
1: That's Duncan Fletcher. He works in athlete development. The organization is PADS, the Professional Association of Athlete Development Specialists. Again, the website is pads.org, and your Twitter is at pads.org. Is that correct? That's right.
4: Uh, thanks for having me
1: on the show again uh, this week out. Duncan, we invite you back anytime to talk about athlete development. It's not only great for uh, our listeners to listen from an entertainment perspective,
0: but also to learn something from it. This is awesome stuff. We thank you for coming on. Thank you again, Adam. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social. Technically,
1: I'm so happy that you're hanging out with us this morning on the Adam Ritz show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we're proud to welcome our next guest, Jake Miller, to the show. Hi, Jake. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm a big fan of yours uh, from your television work. You've been a uh, an anchor person. Um, you've been a field reporter. You've worked in radio, so you've got that broadcast background. And we are here to. I guess honor you and congratulate you on the next phase of your life. You have left broadcasting and. <laughs> I'm going to work for the Simon Youth Foundation. Awesome! <laughs> Let's have a round of applause. If you're listening in your car, clap for Jake Miller and the Simon Youth Foundation. Now, uh, when I heard about this, I read about it online, and uh, I've known about the Simon Youth Foundation. Simon Malls, uh, owner and proprietor of, of many malls across America, including yeah. my favorite, the shops at the Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Have you oh, been there? yeah, yeah. Uh, a long time ago. Well, Just browsing. I, I You know what? I suggest <laughs> that maybe the next time I bring you back on the show, we do it from the shops at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Try to pull that off. I'm game. I'm game. (laughs) But anyway, Simon Malls, um, also Simon Corporation owns the Indiana Pacers and has worked with the NBA forever. So uh, I'm sure you're really happy and proud to be part of the Simon uh, corporate um, entity itself. But within that corporate uh, organization, the philanthropical um, charity angle of of Simon is the Simon Youth Foundation. And what is your role going to be with Simon Youth Foundation? Well, I'm Going to be the communications manager for the Simon Youth Foundation, which is the
3: nonprofit charity of choice for Simon employees. The foundation cel- uh, celebrated actually 15 years this year that they've been helping kids all throughout the United States. We have youth academies from Massachusetts to Florida to Texas, all the way to Seattle, and they are celebrating the 15th year. They have graduated 10,000 students and they've awarded $10 million in scholarships. Unbelievable. So hopefully we can... Double or triple that in the next 15 years.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, and just to inform some of our listeners about the Simon Youth Foundation, I, when I first heard of it, I assumed it was um, a charity that gives uh, f- funding and uh, awareness to youth organizations across the country. That's not the case. It is, uh, it's an educational uh, entity. It's a, it's a school. It's actually a place, a building, a school for children to go learn and yeah. then also earn scholarships. Tell us more about the Simon Youth Foundation as a school. Well, the Youth Foundation supports
3: 23 Simon Youth Academies in 13 states. They give at-risk high school students the same education they would receive in like a traditional classroom while offering the flexibility that their individual circumstances may require. So if there's someone who may be at risk of dropping out of high school, the foundation and that school system may work together to get that child that education and realize that they could start right there at the youth academy and they literally could go anywhere uh, that is a, one of the mottos that we like to say you know the kids can start in the youth academies and they go anywhere with that education they have uh, like i said they have a, a scholarship aspect of their mission as well so they have the youth academies which help the kids get their high school diplomas but then those who are looking to have some kind of post-secondary education, we award scholarships as well. And $10 million in 15 years has been awarded to, uh, to kids all throughout the country. That scholarship is offered in 42 states um, where the Simon Youth Foundation, if they don't have an academy, there's, there's still 42 states and kids in those states that, the, that can apply for those scholarships. So that's another uh, very important aspect of our, of our mission.
1: Jake Miller is our guest. He's the communications director for the Simon Youth Foundations. And let's just take one of these schools, uh, Simon Youth Academy, let's just say the one in Seattle, for example. Uh, How many kids go there? Is it uh, like a school from the 1800s where you've got first grade to senior in high school all in the same room? I mean, uh, can you describe the layout? It's right there. It's right there in the mall. And
3: a lot of our youth academies are in the mall locations.
1: I'll be darned, in the mall. Yeah, yeah. So you can do
3: some shopping and you can go into the mall. Uh, and get your education. So the youth academies are right there in a lot of the malls there. And, of course, in Seattle, they have that at Northgate Mall. So a student would go to Northgate Mall. They would go into the youth academy. They have teachers there. They do some of their classroom work there at the mall. They will graduate with that degree from that high school right there that we work with. So they'll get the degree from the high school from the, of,
1: from the Seattle School Corporation or sure. whatever it is, Seattle Public Schools. And a lot of their
3: classroom will be right there that they've taken right there at the mall.
1: Do they have lunch in the food court? Is it Orange Julius? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you get some uh, little, teriyaki chicken and a little paper right. cup? <laughs> <laughs> little Chick-fil-A, you know.
3: Um, of course, it's 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 definitely, you know, where do kids go nowadays? You know, they go to the mall, they're on their phone. So hopefully that kind of familiar background and that atmosphere Helps them maybe break down some of the the barriers that may they may have about going to an alternative type of school. Um, it's a familiar place yeah. to a lot of people, a lot of kids throughout the country. So, so yeah, I think that's one of the that's one of the benefits of having our youth academies in some of our mall locations. So. Um, and the teachers obviously you know it doesn't happen without the teachers
1: but it's mostly older kids uh, you say the high risk kids so the the goal here is to get kids graduated from high school exactly and and when we say at
3: risk, you know it could be any kind of situation that a child could be could be in they could have some kind of situation at home they might you know there might be homelessness involved there might be some some education or some educational uh issues within the family where maybe the focus isn't in, isn't on education as it should be um anything that would prevent that kid or that child from maybe looking at school as
1: not as important as it is that is considered high risk okay and who identifies that child? Who finds that person? We work with 50
3: um, school districts throughout the country. And so it would be that school district that works with with the Simon Youth Foundation to identify, hey, maybe this student would be a perfect candidate for one of our youth academies. And then ultimately that's all left up and presented and, and they go and do that. And, and in 15 years we've graduated
1: 10,000 students. That's amazing. That's a nice that's a nice class. That is uh, that's a big class. That's a big high school reunion. And, uh, <laughs> and the millions of dollars in scholarship money as well. So uh, Jake Miller, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. What is your Twitter? We want our follow- or our listeners to be able to follow you. Who are you? Well the website for the youth foundation is syf.org.
3: And then we also have my my Twitter feed is at Jake Miller News. So my news used to be in TV news, now it's in the Simon Youth Foundation news.
1: Well, as a, as a fan of broadcast, I uh, am sad to see you leave this industry. Uh, however, use our show anytime you want to come on. If you get the broadcast bug and you want to you get on the radio, come on my show anytime you want. As a matter of fact, I invite you come, to come on at least four times throughout the year to update us on what the Simon Youth uh, Foundation is up to. Absolutely, and that's the great thing about
3: this foundation is, is there's 10,000 students, there's 10,000 stories of hope that kids can overcome certain obstacles in their life and achieve their dreams. And a lot of those dreams have started right there at the Youth Foundations. And like I said, they go anywhere from there. So yeah,
1: I will definitely see you again. Jake Miller, a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Adam, thanks again. and I hope to see you soon.
0: You can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. As we continue the show from Miami, Florida, we're at Sun Life
1: Stadium uh, with our special guest, Harold Barnwell. Hi, Harold. How are you? Good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. These events are fantastic. Uh, the father and kid experience with All-Pro Dad. Uh, a lot of personalities from the NFL and from the Dolphins are here running around talking about how to be you know, a great father, great husband. There's fun activities and football drills happening. Harold, your involvement with this uh, activity today is you're a head football coach, and you made your players come volunteer at this event. How did that all come, and did I word that right? I Uh, mean, I don't know if you made them or if they brought it up to you, maybe it was their idea, I don't know.
5: Well, um, someone sent an email to the school uh, through Russell Athletics and and Tony Dungey and talked about the organization. And I thought it would be a great situation for us because we're the closest high school to the stadium. And I also have a son that's out there on this high school football team, so he's volunteering as well. Um, But you know, I just try and stress the importance to him as well as the other young men that I'm in charge of because I consider all of those guys my sons as well. So this was just a no-brainer for me. I mean, I, I didn't hesitate for this opportunity.
1: Well, that's twofold for me. That's great that uh, you didn't hesitate. As, as You saw it as an opportunity right. uh, to give back to your community. And uh, I think it's great that your your kids are involved with it. Was there any pushback or reluctance, like, oh, we have to get up early on a Saturday?
5: No, because usually when they know I'm, I'm asking them to be a part of something, it's going to be something positive. You know, and I don't ever compel them or make them. I just ask them, and those who want to, they do. And those who don't want to, I don't punish them or anything <laughs> beyond be, because of it. But, you know, these young men just enjoy working with one another and then with other people. You know, and that's the thing we try trying to stress. You know, it's not going to all be about just the people you meet at the school. You're going to meet people out of the community and people in every walks of life. So to, to be able to give back like this, um, you know, it's a tremendous uh, event they put on, and these, those guys are enjoying it out there.
1: Well, I think it's fantastic with high school athletics that uh, these kind of life skills are being put forth by head coaches like yourself because there's a lot of head coaches out there that aren't doing this. All they care about is sports and winning. In fact, there was a story uh, just last week of a high school coach that um, instructed his basketball player to run over the other high school head coach, knocked him down. He's, he's, uh, he's going to be criminally charged as a head coach for making his player knock down the other head coach. So yes, high school sports, all, sports of all levels. We can we can drop the ball, so to speak, on, on the life skills and character developing part of of what sports can be, and it's great that you're involved. Tell us a little bit about uh, your high school. You said it's the closest school to Sun Life Stadium here where the Dolphins play. Uh, what else? What's it called?
5: It's Miami Carroll City Senior High School. Uh, we're at home of the Chiefs. Um, pretty good football team. Last year we had a pretty good season uh, compared to the previous few years. Uh, the young men, the seniors we had on last year's team did a great job of leading us. And now these juniors that are going to become seniors, they've gotten a great role model to look up to and follow that path. So these young men, I believe, are going to help us do some real good things. And like you were referring to about the messages that the the high school send, the poor messages, but the biggest thing I tell these young men is their character. Their character is going to show... Whether someone's around or not, it's going to show the type of person that they are. And that's the thing we try and build as much as we possibly can. We don't worry about the X's and O's because that's going to come. God bless them with those skills and that talent that, that opened the door for them. But now to get in the door, you have to maintain it with something and, and we push that academic piece to also.
1: That's fantastic. Our guest is Harold Barnwell from Carroll City High School here in Miami. Uh, any, you know, Florida in football, tons of talent in the NFL from the state of Florida. Uh, what's the biggest name to come through Carroll High School uh, in the last 50 years that we might have heard of that has gone on to fame and fortune in the NFL?
5: Uh, we still have a few now. Uh, Santana Moss oh, a yeah? Carroll City a product. No Kenny Phillips is also a Carroll City product. So all these young men came through Carroll City, and uh, I helped coach most of them. Are you kidding me? Really.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! And they uh, do they give their insight on uh, character and as well as football for the current players. I'm sure they got to come back, and Definitely.
5: whenever they get a chance to come back, they come back. And uh, sometimes spontaneous. And I ask them where they share some thoughts with the young men, and, and they don't hesitate. They give them all of the knowledge and all of their experiences that they've been through high school, college, and where they are now. Follow coach's directions. He, he understands what he's talking about.
1: Well, maybe on your way out of Sun Life Stadium, you should drop off a resume and say, I helped Coach Santana Moss in high school. You could be on the sidelines here with the
5: Dolphins. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I want to go to that level. I would love to pay, but I don't know if I want to go to that level. I enjoy working with these young men here.
0: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.